Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim. I am more comfortable right now than I would be at a football game watching 100,000 people cheer for someone they don't know to score a touchdown. I am more comfortable now than someone in the nosebleed section spilling their beer over somebody winning a game-winning shot. The reason why I'm comfortable right now is because this is not my church. We have no program or agenda that the leader of this church cannot interrupt. And I knew when I came out here that the altar call was going to happen before I preached. And I am grateful to a worship leader that without us making eye contact, without me having to get her attention, She heard the same person I did. So this is not the end of the altar call. It's the beginning. And there is somebody in this room. Ryan said it. Jesus loves you so much. He stopped the whole service. He stopped the whole service for you. So I will not go any further in this service until the person he's after gets to this altar. I won't do it. He's been after you since before you were formed in your mother's womb. There is purpose on your life. There is a calling on your life. There is a destiny on your life. There is a plan for your life. And you've tried it your way. You did you. You did you. There you go. Let's go. Let's go. If the whole service was stopped just for you, fam, it was worth it. I promise you that right now. If the whole service stopped just for you, 
I promise you, it was worth it. Jesus, thank you for bringing your son back home. Thank you that no matter what the enemy planned, he got away every single time that you've brought him here for your glory, not our credit, for your glory. <laughs> Ooh, Jesus. Lord, have mercy on my soul. Jesus. Lord, have mercy. There's somebody in overflow. Come right. You need to come downstairs. Come right in here. It's you. I know it's you. You mad that you in that room anyway. You might as well get down here. If that's them, let them come through. I'm, listen, I don't have to preach that bad. I just don't. It was his message anyway. I just don't. I don't. My ego's been crucified to the cross. I don't need. <laughs> I ain't got this ain't even about me. It's not even about me. Did you just come from the overflow? You did. You did. I felt you. I knew it was you. I knew it was you. Hey, fam, you can't make this stuff up. I know there's atheists, and I know there's agnostics, and I know there's people that don't believe that God is real, but you can't fake this. You can't fake this. I know you've been church hurt. Now you know, I know you were somewhere where somebody abused you and they raised money and they did something crazy. But I'm telling you, they was crazy. God is not. There is still a remnant of people. There is still a community of believers that are spirit-led. And you may not have come from a spirit-led environment. You might have been told that the Holy Spirit stopped speaking in the book of Acts. You might have been told it was for the apostles and it's not for now. But I'm telling you right now. We wouldn't have known that God wanted him here if we weren't sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't have known that she was up there in overflow if the Holy Spirit didn't tell us. The same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives. Hey, I'm my koshen. I don't testify he's alive because I have proof. I don't have a videotape that says that he got up. The person that got him up lives on the inside of me. That's who told me he got up. So Jesus, this time is yours. <laughs> Holy Spirit, this room is yours. Everyone in this room is yours. Some of us have given up more of ourselves than others, but everybody in this room is yours. So you set free, you heal, you deliver, you touch, you transform, you break down, you build up, you take away, you add to, whatever you want to do. This is your time. 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 This is your season. This is your time. This is your season. This is your time. This is your season. I'm speaking to somebody. This is your time. This is your season. This is your time. 
This is your season. This is your time. This is your season. You are never going to be the same. This is your time and this is your season. Your full surrender is going to set you up for the greatest breakthrough you've ever had in your life. This is your time. This is your season. If you would believe it, your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. Hear me, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you shall be saved. Paul said that no man can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So I actually don't need to lead you through a sinner's prayer. Can't find it in the Bible anyway. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is my Lord. You are saved. You are saved. No obstacle course. No growth track. No five steps. Just a small hill. And up Calvary's hill is all the salvation you'll ever need. If Jack and Jill can make it up the hill... I suppose you can too. Jesus, we thank you for the souls that are being saved right now. Holy Spirit, we give you glory. You just proved to us once again that there's never been a sermon that's gotten somebody saved. Paul said that preaching is foolishness. It shouldn't even work. Holy Spirit, you draw people to Jesus. Jesus, you baptize people in the Spirit. So we can't take any credit. No one has ever won a soul to Christ. The Holy Spirit, through that person's word, drew them. Thank you for doing with these people what you did for me 26 years ago. With no sermon being preached, no altar call being given, God, you just saved. You visited Muslims in dreams and visions. They've renounced Allah and given their lives to Yeshua. Without a sermon being preached, without somebody trying to debate them between the Holy Scriptures and the Quran, you did it! You've always done it. All of creation is groaning, waiting for the righteousness of God. So we say thank you, God. Good Lord Jesus, we say thank you. Oh my gosh. You're too good. You're too good. So good, I don't even know what to do next. Mmm. It's too sweet. It's too sweet. It's too sweet. It's too sweet. Yeah. 
your presence is an open door. Thank you for your grace. Romans 8 and 11. This is literally not my sermon. Uh, he just told me to read this right now. First of all, let's just conclude. The sermon I preached uh, at the nine, that ain't happening. <laughs> clearly, that's not what he... <laughs> clearly, that's not what he wants. And I don't even know if this is a sermon or if I'm just going to read it and sit down, but you need this verse. Whether you just gave your life to Jesus or whether you've been walking with him for a long time, this is the verse right now. The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. Ooh, y'all better pray for me. Because this is a freestyle if there ever was one. Here's what I feel like he wants me to say to you. And if this is the title of the sermon, then whatever. By this same spirit. By this same spirit. Jesus. Fill us with your spirit. Amen. You may be seated. We have a women's conference this weekend. Go to it. <laughs> if you're a lady, go to it. I have on my shirt. Go to it. They got merch outside. Buy it. Uh, next week is our seventh anniversary.
come back for it. So Jesus is put into Mary's womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. John is in Elizabeth's womb by the power of the Holy Spirit. When the angel gives Mary the news that she will be overshadowed and overtaken by the Holy Spirit and impregnated with the Son of God. Before he leaves, he tells her that her cousin Elizabeth is pregnant too. So now a young woman, by most theologians' estimations, who is between 14 and 16 years old, which is very common in that day. This young woman's pregnant and a woman that most theologians would put in her mid to late 70s, if not 80s, is also pregnant. I believe this was done to prove that um, you cannot try to assign the Holy Spirit to one generation. I'm happy that we have movements for young people to get on fire for God. I'm happy we started a youth ministry. I'm happy that we have a young adult ministry. And I'm also happy that old people, much older than me, are still having dreams, visions, are still being spoken to by the Holy Spirit about what is next to come. And Mary walks into the presence of Elizabeth and the older generation is carrying something birthed by God and the younger generation is carrying something birthed by God. And when they stepped into the same room together, what was in the older person leapt at the presence of what was in the younger person. John, six months old, leapt in Elizabeth's womb. Six months in the womb, leapt in Elizabeth's womb at the presence of zygote Jesus. Only those that went through biology would know. Some of y'all are like, what is zygote Jesus? <laughs> The very earliest stages of conception, Mary is perhaps no more than a week pregnant. The presence of this newly formed baby makes Elizabeth's leap, Elizabeth's womb leap. I pray that we get around some people and wind up in relationships that when we get with them, our babies leap. 
I don't want to be in relationships and friendships with people that don't make my baby leap. I don't want to obligate myself to relationships that are dead and not vibrant. And it's so negative that every time I get around you, I feel drained. Some people you can't escape, especially if they're in your family. But if I have a choice of who I'm going to spend my time with, I want to spend time with people that make my baby leap. When I get around you, I get charged up. Your mere presence just makes me happy. The Holy Spirit is the one that got Mary pregnant. The Holy Spirit is who was involved in helping Zacharias and Elizabeth conceive. Scripture says that both John and Jesus were filled with the Holy Spirit from the womb. Notarian service. For those of you all that would even know what Tarian is. Jesus is born and starts his earthly ministry and time does not afford me to go through all the gospels and talk about all the miraculous things he did, empowered by the same spirit that we're talking about today. Not a different spirit, the same spirit. Opened up blind eyes, the same spirit. Opened up deaf ears, the same spirit. Raised up dead bodies, the same spirit. Healed leprous skin, the same spirit. Told him what others were thinking, the same spirit. All gifts in operation that we find in Scripture. That great theologian Paul wrote it all down in between 1 Corinthians 12 and and Romans chapter number 12. You will find all the gifts of the Spirit, whether they are administrative or spiritual. The same Spirit that we saw do all of these exploits through Jesus and his disciples is the same Spirit we're still talking about 2,000 years later. It is that same spirit that was able to keep Jesus on the path to his passion, which was to die on the cross, at the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light and the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith that I received my sight. And whoever wrote it is so chill. And now I am happy all the days. That same spirit kept Jesus from changing his destiny in the garden. 
For when he even thought about having a different will from the assignment his father sent him to do, he quickly gave it up. Not my will, but thine be done. You need the Holy Spirit to do that. You need, I'm, I'm going to go old school where, I, where my roots are from. You need the Holy Ghost. I know that hits different for some people. Hope it don't bring up no scars, tissue, or whatever, but you need the Holy Ghost to look your temptation in the face and say, not my will, but thine be done. You need the Holy Ghost to be able to look at your desires that you know you want. You've tasted it before, so you already know how it goes down. It's something that's familiar to you. You lean into it. You like it when it leans into you. It takes the Holy Ghost to say, not my will. Thine be done. That same spirit is what kept Jesus on track. The same spirit helped him endure on this first communion Sunday, a broken body, whipped and stripped, completely naked. Don't venerate any of the depictions you have seen of Jesus Christ that have him with a convenient loincloth around his penis. It does not exist. Roman crucifixion was meant for excruciating pain and humiliating embarrassment. They stripped him butt naked, whipped him on his back until it was wide open. It could not have been me because I would have been technical with the father at that point, letting him know I am already bleeding. This justifies and qualifies as bloodshed. It is finished. I've wanted to give up the same ghost after getting beatings from my own father. And that was with just a leather belt on my skin. It did not have bone chips in it. That would literally rip open my flesh, tear through muscle, and leave me in crippling pain. The same spirit that helped him do miracles is the same spirit that helped him endure that pain. Can you imagine trying to hold on to life because there is a certain place you have to be for this to be appropriate and for the atonement of the sins to cover the, all of human, human history for the rest of time. And being weak in your body and wanting to give up, having the Holy Spirit on the inside telling you, not yet. Keep going. It's not time. Press through. Don't give up. Don't give in. It's almost time, but not here, not now, not like this. Remember, if you be lifted up, you will draw all men unto yourself. Not through a promotion, 
not through kingship, not ascending to a throne, just a little bit higher than the earth where people can see you and not see you at the same time. Beaten, broken, they throw a wood beam on his back, tell him, tell him to carry it up a hill. He carries it up that hill only to have been at that time laid down, nails, nails pierced through his hands and his feet, and then raised up. Completely nude, covered in blood, to the point that he was beyond recognition. Thank you. Thank you that you were beyond recognition. Thank you that they had to squint to figure out if that was you or not. Because in that moment of being beaten beyond recognition, the Father could make him out to be any of us. Is, 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 is that Tim or Jesus? Is that Sharon or I can't tell so much blood. He's so dis I can't picture if that's. I don't know if that's a black man or a white, so much blood covered. I don't know who, who is this person, the literal representation. That's why he could say he carried all of our sins on him to that cross. Because when they looked at him, they couldn't even tell without the marker identifying above his head. This is your king of kings and your Lord of lords. The king of the Jews. And after he had paid that terrible price for you and I, he said three words. Then he did something. He said something, then he did something. Ooh, this is so gangster. Because <laughs> he said, No man can take my life, I lay it down. It's a pretty bold statement. You can't kill me. You can put me in a position, but if I really wanted to flex, I could still be up there, hanging. He said three words. He said, it is finished. He didn't say, I am finished. Hear me. He could never have said, I am finished. For had he said, I am, whatever word that preceded that, would have happened. Had he said, I am finished, all of time would have folded up on itself. The sun would have bowed its head. The moon would have literally turned off its dimmer. All the stars would have literally went out at the same time because the word cannot come back void. And if he ever says, I am finished, it is definitely finished for all of eternity. That's why God has to watch his mouth. He can't talk like us. He could never be as petty as we are. God could never walk up to you and say, you make me sick. Because in, in an instant, you would go, achoo. Achoo. Your lungs would get congested. Your head would get stuffy. If he said, you make me sick, you would be sick. 
He could never say, I wish you were dead, because if he did, before you could think about a response, you'd be on the float. He said, it is finished. He said something, but then he had to do something. Because when he says it is finished, he's talking about what he came to do. But then he had to do something. What did he have to do? He said, it is finished. Then he gave up. What does scripture say? He gave up the ghost. He gave up his spirit. The same spirit that allowed him to do everything he was doing. He had to give it up because if he didn't, it would have still been in there working right now. I know this defies logic. It defies reason, but you got to understand the power of the Holy Spirit circumvents anything that we can find with our human rationale. This is why the Bible is so frustrating for really smart people. Ooh, the more education you have, the more your brain has been through the, 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 the obstacle course of intellectual rigors in higher education, the smarter you become, the more the Bible makes you humble yourself. Because if you got to have all the answers and they got to fit into your neat timeline based on everything you studied out of another man's book, you'll have a hard time with this Reader's Digest. He gave up the ghost. Body goes limp. Before the soldiers could come by and break his bones, he was already gone. They take his body down. They put it in a grave. And after three days, by that same spirit that he gave up, it came back. I love this about the Holy Spirit. He does not give up on you. He don't care where you go. He is not giving up on you. He came through a sealed tomb for a dead body. And you don't think he can get to you? You think you've gone through too much for God not to come interact with you? The Holy Spirit came through a sealed tomb to go get a dead body. He can't get you in a bar? You're shocked that he can meet you at a strip club, find you in a trap house, meet you in the midst of your depression, meet you when you are literally defying him. He can still come get you. With bitterness in your heart, with a blunt in your hand, with a beer in your car. He don't care. He can get dead bodies up. You think he care about your generational curse? He gets up dead bodies. You think he can't get, through, get you through your trauma? The Holy Spirit came through a tomb that was sealed, got back in Jesus' body. Jesus got up. <sighs> got up. I know how I stretch when I sleep eight hours. I can't imagine how it would stretch being dead for three days. <sighs> Let's go. 
He's looking around. He's like, I can't wear this out. This looks too gray, gravy. Folds up the clothes. I don't know where he got new clothes from. It's a gap in the story that I'll have to find out when I get to heaven. But your boy steps out. He steps out. He's so unrecognizable in his glorified body that, that Mary thinks he's a gardener. It's amazing. They could never pick up on his looks post-resurrection, but they knew that voice. This, 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 this should free at least 50 people in the room from, 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 from uh, uh, looks. Just because it don't look like what you used to seeing doesn't mean it's God. Doesn't mean it's not God. I mean, that don't look like the way we did it. That, that doesn't mean it's not God. Listen to the voice. I don't go off of what I see. I go off of what I hear. Faith come by and hearing by the so I need to hear it. I can't go off at what, what it looks like. I got to hear it. That's why I've been able to travel literally all around the world. Dude from Inglewood. I'm from Inglewood, California. The hood. They're gentrifying it now. That's not where I grew up. There was no billion dollar stadium when I was there. It was just the hood. In the 80s, there was the crack. All through the 80s and 90s, there were those gangs. And literally, I just came back from Sweden in July. I go to Latin America. I go to Australia. I go to the UK. I go to Malaysia. I go to Singapore. I go all these places around the world. You know why? Because I'm not there based on what it looks like. I close my eyes and I can still hear they're using the same faith I'm using. Even through a different language, they believe the same thing I believe. And so I'm cosmopolitan when it comes to my faith. I hang out with Baptists and Pentecostals and Bapticostals and Anglicans and, and First Church of God and First Church of God Prophecy, Church of God in Christ. I hang out with the Pentecostal assemblies of the world. I will get down with anybody that believes that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. I hang out with spirit-filled Catholics. I hang out with, with Anglicans that when they do communion, they do it from the same cup. And that is some strong communion they got in that... I smell that cup coming. I'd be like, I'm going to take a little sip, Jesus, because I don't know if I'm going to get out of here alive. <laughs> this thing might put hair on my chest. I'm just trying to remember the Lord's body and his blood. Stop looking with your eyes. Too quick to judge. Listen with your ears. Oh, they got the same faith. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is why, this is why uh, uh, two Gentiles got in, even though Jesus was, was assigned to the lost sheep of Israel, because he found out that those two Gentiles had more faith than the people he was assigned to. The Roman centurion was a Gentile man that comes up to Jesus and says, listen, I don't even need you to, to, to come to my house if you speak the word. Jesus looked around. He said, you, that's what I'm trying to get them to understand. You... Go home, it's done. And that man went home and he looked in there at his servant and his servant was well. And, they said, and he said, about what time did this happen? They said about an hour ago. He looked at his watch. He said, that's exactly when that man said. 
There was a Seraphonician woman that came to Jesus uh, uh, on behalf of her daughter. And, and Jesus was so focused on the lost sheep of Israel at the time that he made a statement that seemed so flippant and so reckless because maybe the Jewish man had a bad day. He said, it's not right for me to give bread to dogs. Ooh, that thing could have been so offensive. That Seraphonician woman was so focused on her daughter's healing. She said, you know what? I'm going to let that go. I could be offended, sir, but I'm not going to even be offended. Even the dogs get the crumbs that come under the master's table. That dude said, you know what? You got more faith than the people I'm trying to track. It's done. Listen, close your eyes. Look around. This is why this church is so diverse. Because we ain't here off of what we see. We're here off of what we hear. Off of what we hear. There's black people sitting next to white people, sitting next to Asian people, sitting next to Latino people, sitting next to people that's a quarter Russian, and then 15%. Y'all did 23 and me. You know what you are. And so you did Ancestry.com. You part Irish and found somebody in your family. You was like, whoo, not going to tell the people that. You know, you, some of y'all found out. They was like, oh, snap. <laughs> some of my ancestors were reckless. But Jesus, right? I mean... Big facts. But the reason why this church is so diverse is because we all have one thing in common. Our faith in his broken body and his shed blood on that cross. The same spirit that brought Jews and Gentiles together in this Bible is the same spirit that brings us all together in the DF Metroplex here. It's the same spirit. Literally. Jesus walks around for several days showing himself to all these people. Regroups his disciples who had ran away from him. Talking about Jesus being persistent after some people that were so inconsistent. Hiding behind a door, a locked door. He just walked through the door. That's, I can't wait for that body. I'm tired of opening doors. I just want to walk through them. He walked through the door. It's like, hey man, it's me. See? And they're like, it's you. Thomas doesn't believe him because he wasn't there. You know how kind Jesus is? He comes back eight days later to show Thomas. This would have been a perfect time to dismiss somebody that was doubting. Jesus goes, oh, you need more evidence? I'll give it to you. Touch it. Put your finger right through the hole and you can stick your whole hand in my side. Thomas does it and he's like, okay. You know where Thomas ends up? In India, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. You find anybody from Southeast Asia with the last name John Matthew Thomas, guess what? The dude that stuck his whole hand in Jesus' side took the gospel all the way to India and went square up against like a million guys at once. It's like, yeah, I know y'all got a lot of guys. I got one. Let's go. Me versus your 300,000. Let's see who wins. By this same spirit. This is a Bible verse that the Lord gave me when I gave my life to Jesus. I read through the Bible. When I landed on that verse right there, though, it's been winning season for me ever since. I didn't say I didn't go through nothing since. I just meant it's been winning season for me ever since. 
I was sexually abused when I was eight years old. Uh, I got exposed to pornography when I was 12. I was highly promiscuous and a bona fide porn addict by the time I was 19 years old. I got saved at 20. And I would love to tell you that I looked at my hands and they looked new and I looked at my feet and they did too. But that's not how that works. The moment you give your life to Jesus, you are righteous. You are made righteous. Nothing you can do to change that at all. Nothing you can do to become more righteous-er. Not a word. You will never be more righteous than the day you give your life to Jesus. I gave my life to Jesus 26 years ago. I have not become more righteous than I was 26 years ago. Because I, I, that's a position that he put me in that only he can put me in. Now let's talk about freedom. In the last 26 years, I am more free than I was 26 years ago. And it's all because I read that one verse. I was a born-again porn addict. I, I love Jesus, and I was still watching porn. And then I read that verse. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And the Holy Spirit will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living in you. I read that, and I said to myself, if that's the case, if he can get a dead body up, he could probably do something with porn. I'm that basic. It just seemed like if, if, if you get dead bodies up that's been decomposing and decaying for like three days, have already gone through rigor mortis, blood circulation has stopped flowing, all the blood has, has, has literally dropped to the bottom of the body, that's where you get all, this, all the discolor, discoloration from, is because the blood is not circulating anymore. If that's the case, then he can probably do something with porn. I'm that basic. I just believed it. I didn't have nobody start breaking stuff down to me. I just read the word and believed it. I guess, sir, if you can do that, then you probably can do this. He was like, I've been waiting for you to read this verse. And the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead gave me that same victory. Now, here's the thing. When I received his spirit, after giving my life to him, he is the one that empowered me to live Jesus's life. I cannot and you cannot live the life of Jesus without the same spirit Jesus had. I'm coming after a religious spirit right now. In five, four, three, two, you going to church ain't the same as you being led by the Holy Spirit. You having perfect attendance is not the same as you walking and being led by the Holy Spirit. What just happened in this room is what being led by the Holy Spirit looks like. Sarah and I did not talk to each other, but we were both listening to the same person. Because the same spirit that's in me is the same spirit that's in her. Same spirit that's in us. And we were sensitive enough to know this is different. 
And when you get real simple, when you've been with him a while, you know when he's doing stuff and you're just like, mm -mm, that, mm -mm, I'm not messing this up. <laughs> Anybody beside me? It don't have to happen at a church service. It can happen in your house. You ever been talking? You, you could be talking to one of your children. The Holy Spirit says, shut up. Don't say nothing else. And you're like, mm-hmm. 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 And you're having a whole conversation in your head. I wasn't done, Jesus. I was not done. They needed to hear four more paragraphs. And he's like, shut up. Don't say nothing else. I got it from here. And you're like, mm-hmm. 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 I have gotten cars based on being led by the Holy Spirit. And I'm not talking about no crazy way to name it or claim it. I'm just, I'm just talking about the Holy Spirit led me to the dealership. He said, go to that dealership. I'll never forget. I was just about to get married to Juliet, and we had a car. Uh, it, was, it was some kind of Chevy, two-door, and the, the alignment was so bad on that car that if you let go of the wheel... You were gonna do the sharpest left turn you have ever. We had the tightest right bicep muscle. Our body was so off balance driving that car because if you let go of that wheel, ah, that thing would, you would die. You would just literally, you have never made a left turn like the one you would make if you let go of that wheel. We needed a new car. Juliet and I was about to get married. We was broke. Well, I was more broke than even she was. Um, and the Holy Spirit said, go to David McDavid off of 183. I was like, okay. <laughs> because here's the thing. When the Holy Spirit is leading you, he, he, even if you're like, I don't know if that's him, just go find out. That's how you learn to grow, being led by the Holy Spirit. Instead of talking your way out of it, just go find out. Because the only thing that can happen is, well... That, I guess that was me. <laughs> right? Who dies? Who dies with you going to David McDavid? Is anybody going to die? Would you go into it? You just walk in there. <laughs> if the Holy Spirit don't do nothing, then you're like, <laughs> <laughs> just, just leave. It's fine. Just go away. Right? Nobody dies. No harm, no foul. I go to David McDavid. And uh, I'm like, I'm in there. And then... Uh, the guy comes out, hey, may I help you? And the Holy Spirit said, don't talk to him. And I was like, no, I'm just looking. He was like, all right, man, if you need anything, just let me know. I was like, okay. Walking around a little bit more. Another guy comes out, hey, man, have you been helped? And the Holy Spirit said, don't talk to him either. I was like, nope, good, just chilling. Broke as a joke. Have no idea what I'm doing here. Then this uh, young lady comes out. She was like, hey, have you been helped? The Holy Spirit said, that's her right there. And I was like, um, yeah, we need a car. <laughs> the alignment on this one, we're putting a lot of money into it. And so we just need something, I don't know. And, uh, and she was like, we're going to get it done. Four and a half hours later. <laughs> have no idea why it has to be this long. But four and a half hours later, we jumped in a green Honda Accord with a nice little sunroof and power windows. And we were so happy. We didn't know how we got that car. The title was in 
it, it was in uh, Juliet's mama's name. She wasn't even there. We was like, I don't even know if this is legal. Too late. Mm. Right, right. <laughs> y'all, wow, y'all play too much. Anyway, the Holy Spirit led me through that. And the same Spirit. See, see, you think he's just going to do miracles through you. He'll lead you through your regular life. He just will. There was a house that my wife fell in love with in Denton. When we, when we first uh, 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 started, started the church in 2015, I was like, we're going to move. We're gonna, I'm going to live in Irving. I'm going to be the unofficial mayor of Irving. We're going to live here. They're going to see me at the grocery store. I don't know what I was thinking as an introvert, but Juliet fell in love with this house in Denton, and, um, and I had told her, we're not moving there. I don't care. Have a funeral for it. We ain't moving. This is too far. It's 30, no, 35 minutes. No, I got to drive every day. Not moving up there. We were in Perth, Western Australia. Anytime I go to Perth, I got to preach like 500 times. Katie knows. Katie's preached there as well. They just ring you out. So maybe I was there, maybe I was there 13, 14 days. I think I preached like 19 times in like 13 days, 14 days. God waits. We, we go from the East Coast all, all the way to the West Coast. I, I, we end in Perth, Australia. The last night I'm in Perth, my brain just feels like it's mush. And um, I'm laying in the bed, it's two o'clock in the morning, Juliet is fast asleep, and the Holy Spirit said, hey man, I want to talk to you about that house in Denton. <laughs> what about it? We're not going up there, we're not moving up there. I told your daughter, I'll tell you, we're not moving. I'm sorry, I be doing it, I'm sorry. That's the way I be talking to him, he's big enough, he's, he can handle it. We already had this discussion, sir, I'm not moving up there, driving, that commute, no. And he said, uh, have you considered that this is the house I want you to have? And then the ugliest thing came out of my soul. It was so ugly what came out of my heart. And it, came, it was one of those moments that it was so loud in my heart that when it came out, I was so embarrassed. So he said, have you considered that I want you to have that house? And here's what came out of my heart. I heard it. It was so loud. Why does she always win? Sir, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know that was in my heart. And he was like, I did. He was like, so you think you're competing with your wife? And you've been keeping score? And you think she's winning? And I was like, not my will. But thine be done. Let me tell you something, that house is so bomb. That house 30 minutes away. It feels like a 10-minute drive to get here. Why? Because the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives on the inside of me. 
The same spirit is the one that said somebody needs to give their life to Jesus right now. And the dude in blue with the tattoos on both arms came down here. And while I'm praying for him, the Holy Spirit said, and there's somebody in the overflow too. Well, guess what? The only thing I can be is wrong. No, no harm, no foul. If nobody comes down, it's not going to be like, ooh, you didn't hear him. I'm like, I think there's somebody in the overflow. And that, that girl just, so, I mean, she wasn't like broken down. Like, uh, she just walked in like, that was me. Hi. I'm here. Let's go, Jesus. The same spirit. By this same spirit, this is how we win. By this same spirit, this is how we win. By this same spirit, this is how we win. Let's go. By this same spirit, this is how we win. Again. By this same spirit, this is how we win. Momo again. Get used to it. Sometimes it just is a prompting. Sometimes you hear something. Sometimes you just feel prompted to do something. But I promise you, the spirit-filled life, this is where all my wins come from. I have friends that love Jesus, but, but, but they, they won't embrace the, the, the spirit, and they take some L's. Not because God doesn't love them. But because if they don't embrace the spirit, how, who's going to lead you and guide you? You? Have you talked to you before? Have you received your advice before? Have you heard you talk? When your trauma is triggered, you trust you? When you're going through a trauma spiral, you believe in you? I don't believe in me like that. By this same spirit, Out of the mouth of babes up in this piece. You know what I'm saying? All right, so, 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 so this, this is how we're going to end this. And, and, and I don't know what happens from here, but I know what I feel prompted to say. If, if I'll do it two ways. Yeah, that, thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, great. So, so if you've never been filled with the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, or if you need a refill, I can, I can prove both things to you biblically in Scripture that you need both, okay? Uh, uh, Acts chapter number two is the infilling of the Holy Spirit Acts for the Jews. That was all Jews. I'm so sorry to break all the Pentecostals' hearts. There were no Gentiles present. I'm so sorry. That was not your infilling, okay? Please give the Jews back their Bible. It's theirs. We got engrafted into it. Let's not have replacement theology. America's not Israel. And to all the wannabe black Hebrew Israelites. I got some for you too. That ain't you. Stop yourself. I'm here for all the smoke. You feel me? I ain't scared. You know why? 
by this same spirit, he gives us both. Hey. <laughs> okay. So, so I want to pray for people that need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. According to Acts 2 and Acts 10. Acts 10 is when, it, when the Holy Spirit uh, uh, was poured out to the Gentiles. Uh, Acts 4 is where you can find proof of a refilling, uh, which is two chapters after the infilling. Uh, Peter and Paul uh, uh, raised a lame man up at the gate called Beautiful, chapter number 3 and chapter number 4, uh, after they get roughed up by Anna, Annas and uh, Caiaphas. Or Caiaphas uh, uh, they run back to, to, to where all the rest of their disciples are, and they went in there and they go, yo, we just got roughed up for Jesus, paraphrase. And um, we got roughed up for Jesus. Let's pray that the Holy Spirit would fill us again with boldness so we can go do the same thing. And while he was still speaking, whew, Holy Spirit came back down on them. Because you need to be refilled to keep going out to do this. you got to have energy to do this. So, so I want to pray for people that want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray for people uh, uh, that, need to be, that need a refill of the Holy Spirit. And like we ain't playing your favorite song. I just need you to come if that's you. If that's you. Thank you. Thank you. This is awesome. Yay. Too cool. Thank you, Jesus. You're awesome. This is how refills and fillings go. It's so cool. All right. Um, all right. So while you're coming, and if, if you're in overflow, uh, you can stand up in overflow. <laughs> you come to the front in overflow, and there's somebody up there. There's a pastor up there. And I'm just going to lead you through something, and we're just going to pray, and then the Holy Spirit will do what he does. Uh, for first-time visitors, we don't normally go this late. Again, this is not, this is, this is just a different Sunday. And so if you told your friends, hey, come to church, we're usually out by this time. Psych. Um, <laughs> and if they're looking at you side-eye, you can take them to brunch right now. No harm, no foul. It's all good. Um, but I just want to pray, pray for people. Now, you, you could have grown up in church. Um, where um, the Holy Spirit and, and being filled with the Holy Spirit or, or refilled with the Holy Spirit, it was kind of like an event, and there was like a whole bunch of instructions, right? And you're supposed to clap real fast, and then you're supposed to do like a starter tongue, and it was like, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And then at some point, it was like, the only, is that right? I'm not lying. The only thing I've ever heard end in is G unit. That's the only. It's the only Like it's like an engine. It's not. It's not an engine. All right. It's your mouth, right? It's your mouth. It's your tongue. It's his language. So you just open up your mouth and you let his language out. If if you if nothing comes out, don't fake nothing. No, she coming in a Honda. No D D D D D Ds. If nothing comes out, don't make nothing come out. I got filled with the Holy Spirit at Tuesday at 2.22 in the morning. You can't make it up. Tuesday, 2.22 a.m. Um, I had given up on speaking in tongues because everybody was like, it was so much pressure. And, and I don't fake nothing. I don't fake the funk on nothing. And so I'm like, man, I guess somebody else got it. It ain't going to be me. And 2.22 in the morning, I was like, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I love you. You're amazing. And I literally ran out of stuff to say. And I thought I was just going to shut up and be quiet. And the next thing that happened was this beautiful language started coming out of my mouth. 
for like 20 minutes straight. And here's the thing. My brain didn't cut off. My eyes didn't roll in the back of my head. I wasn't like... <laughs> like I was literally speaking in tongues and thinking to myself in my mind, this is the coolest thing in the world. There's like structure and syntax. And like, this is a language. This is not gibberish. This is beautiful. I have no idea what I'm saying. But we have scripture for that. <laughs> the Holy Spirit knows. Because this is a communication that goes between you and God. The thing that's so beautiful about it is it's an encrypted language that Satan cannot pick up on. He knows English. He knows Spanish. He knows Farsi, right? <laughs> he knows Tagala. Is that it in Filipino? Tagala? Yes, in Filipino. Um, and and he, 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 knows, he, he knows Ibu. He knows every language. What he don't know? He don't know that prayer language. You start praying in the Holy Spirit. It's a beautiful thing. But here's what I'm saying. I'm saying this to say this. When we ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit in the same way we ask to receive Jesus, that's a 100% success rate. If you want Jesus, you can receive Jesus. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, 100% success rate. You receive it just like you receive Jesus. You ain't got to feel nothing. You might feel something, but you don't have to feel nothing. Last example, then, then we'll pray. I just got to get, because I got to orient everybody at the same time, okay? So let's just say I gave you $100. This is fake, but let's say I gave you $100, right? <laughs> so you have an imaginary $100, and you have an imaginary $100, and you have an imaginary $100, right? So I gave the $100 to this one right here, and she starts screaming and shouting and dancing and all of it. Come on, help me. Okay. All right, thank you. All right. So she starts doing that, right? And, and, and I gave you $100, and you just said, thank you. Appreciate it. And then I gave you $100, and you just started crying. That was good. I like it. Now, I gave her $100. She started jumping, screaming, and shouting. I gave him $100. He, started, he just said, thank you. I gave her $100, and she just started crying. Did everybody get $100? Did all three of them receive $100? They had three different reactions to it. They all got the same reception. There was three different reactions. What I've seen too much happen in church is we think if they don't have her reaction, y'all didn't get it yet. Let's do it again. Because you should be jumping, screaming. That's not everybody's personality. For the quiet people in the room, you're just going to be like, hmm. Appreciate you, Jesus. For the loud people in the room, you're going to be like, woo! For the people that are just like reflective, they're going to be like, thank you. I, I, I can now be led by you without being afraid. I don't have to rely on my own. I'm tired of trying to figure this out on my own. It's a beautiful thing. Every Y'all all, all came up here? Y'all all going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. It's as simple as that. There is no like duck, duck, goose. Y'all all get filled. You might have her reaction, you might have his reaction, you might have her reaction, but you're all going to get filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? Some of you might start, some of you might open your mouth to praise God, and you might start speaking in an unknown language that you never spoke before. Don't panic, don't freak out. Don't try to explain it to the person next to you. It's your thing. Other people in here, they have the opportunity, but it freaks them out too much. They're like, yeah, nah, fam, I'm not doing that in front of people. I'm going to get in my car and then try it. <laughs> 
God's not going to be mad at you like, oh, I can't believe he didn't talk in front of everybody. He's not petty, fam, okay? So this is a beautiful moment where we can all receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit and walk out of here with the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. He showed us a beautiful picture, y'all, and I think he showed it to us to demystify what it is to be spirit-led. Ryan was running the service. Sarah was in this flow. Ryan was about to step off. We connected eyes. I said, hold on. That dude stepped back. We was all sensitive. And the very next thing that God did through Sarah is what I felt like he was going to do. That's just a, that's just a beautiful thing. And no, none of us get credit. God gets all the glory. We, we're just being sensitive to facilitate what he wants to do in the room. This wasn't my sermon that I prepared. The nine o'clock is going to be like, what did y'all talk about? <laughs> in y'all service, this is not, mm -mm. especially if we upload this one, people are going to be like, <laughs> should have slept in. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so I want to pray. See how light it is in the room right now? This doesn't have to be like a tense thing and he about to come and get you. Are you ready? He's about to feel you. He's about to kill you. I don't, I don't want to be in that service. That's, that service sounds scary. She said it was. She's recovering. She's a recovering Pentecostal. She's like, it was scary. It's my first time back since. All right, so let's ask the Lord. Let's, let's seek his face. And, and whatever posture that seems beautiful to you, whether it's kneeling or your hands out as if you're going to receive something. Whew, God in heaven. What a beautiful shift. What a beautiful shift. Thank This service, these people, your people, you wanted them here. You wanted these people here today. You knew their hearts would be open. You knew their minds would be receptive. And so, Holy Spirit, I ask you to do what you've always wanted to do, what God promised to do. Even in the Old Testament, by saying, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, my sons and my daughters, they will prophesy. So Holy Spirit, in the same way you did in Acts chapter number two, in the same way you did in Acts chapter number four, in the same way you did in Acts chapter number 10, in the same way you did in Acts chapter number 18, 19, in the same way you have done from then until now, by this same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, would you fill us all now Holy Spirit, fill us all now. We want your spirit. We need your spirit. We're in desperate need of guidance. We need you, Lord God. We don't want to be trapped in a bubble. We want to break out. So, Spirit, we ask you to break out in this room. Would you fill everybody, Lord God? Thank you for the infilling of the Holy Spirit even now. For those that have never been filled. God, I thank you that they are being filled right now in Jesus' name. For those that have been filled before, but they needed a refill, I thank you for refilling them right now in Jesus' name. 
God, I thank you, Lord God, that prayer languages are coming to people right now who have never spoken in a prayer language. God, I thank you, Lord God, that they are using their mouth to speak your language, Lord God. It's their mouth. It's your words. Would you speak through them now in Jesus' name? And Lord God, as we worship, I pray that this atmosphere would just be saturated, saturated with your presence. Lord God, we thank you. We love you. We say thank you for your outpouring of your spirit. We receive it now in Jesus' name. We are not striving for it. We are simply receiving it. We are not working for it. We are simply receiving it. We are not going to disqualify ourselves based on last night and last week. We are receiving it. We are not going to disqualify ourselves based on our present situation. We are receiving what you freely want to give us. The bar is open. Fill us now. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.